like he actually went out and talked to these different people and like really yeah. listened. Like mm -hmm. initially, um, initially he like he was talking about what he would do with Steel Challenge. I'm just like, I mean, he he heard the feedback right away. He's like, people don't want to hear yeah. that shit about, you know, like <laughs> what direction you want to put. Like, go ask them. And he asked them, and they they really want their own RO program and. And he listened to the multi-gun guys. I and he's also talked to me. He's, he thinks the key to uh, the key to multi-gun or three-gun is the classification system. And he, he's right about that. So if they yeah. if they nail if they put out like a good classification system that adds value, then it would uh, you know it would it would build that up or give that a lot of credibility. Well, it's some anyway. kind of unified like like the scoring is super broken anyway. Well, for some of the bad stage mm -hmm. design. Well, see, that's so, what's th that's the thing is you can't um, like you look at like, multi gun scoring, you're like, yeah, it's broken. And I like I I like hit factor for me, but I'm mm -hmm. not a, like I'm not a I'm not a three gunner. So you, you got to like I don't know, come to get, meet them where they are, sort of. I don't well, know. maybe it's not the, something I give a shit the about. The scoring might not be broken if the stages weren't. <laughs> broken yeah, I mean, it's sometimes. a whole it, it's it's a it's a team that works together. It's a package. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. We're here to talk about shooting. I tricked you, bitches. <laughs> for a minute. Anyway, uh, here we to talk about shooting on deck tonight. Mr. Kim. Hello. And Mr. Park. Korean, but still American brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> the first thing we had to talk about is Mr. Kim is officially American now. Yes. Yes. I got my citizenship. I'm proud to be American. Can you stand up? Let me get a look at you. <laughs> do not do it, Kevin. It's a trick. No, uh, you don't, you're not happy enough. Talking about, we gotta like, get you fed before you can be American. <laughs> well, we don't have to go into detail. That's what we're talking about. Like Kim actually put a lot of effort into this. There was studying oh, and yeah. a lot of paperwork. Uh, a, what uh, an in-person interview. Like yep. Kim actually went through a, a process and a lot of effort. He didn't just like show up and like pay the man, sign this paper, and off you go or whatever. I'd have flown to Mexico and walked if I were you, Kim. <laughs> if you want to do it the hard way, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, you felt great to uh, sworn in, like the oath mm -hmm. of allegiance. Yeah. It was very, uh, very exciting moment for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. That's pretty. Yeah, I mean, changing countries, I can't even imagine it, frankly. Like, if I had to, somebody's like, "Hey, you're gonna go live in Korea now," I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it sounds hard. It sounds exhausting, really. Uh, anyway, guys, you know the deal. We're here to talk about shooting. It's a good yeah. deal. Um, I think I should open it up with the topics tonight uh, because mine's, um, you know, you guys know me. Oh, I can't I wait. Look at the spice. People want to. They people want to talk about the USPSA stuff. They're fucking. Oh, they do. Rolling on me. All, they they do. They want to know what to expect from the election. What to expect from after the election. Um, so I thought I'd give them uh, well, my thoughts or a few thoughts, not all my thoughts. I have. As you know, there's there's plenty of, plenty to say. I think the Polar, the election yeah. itself, I think, is going to be very very uh, interesting, and I think there's going to be some surprises for people coming, which will be a lot of fun. They'll they'll, they'll see that stuff coming later, but uh, for now, it's enough to say that uh, the, the 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 coming USPSA presidential election is going to be, in my again, in my view massively entertaining and i think a little bit useful and i think one conversation that that should start at uspsa is is the 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 way that you think think about like picking the right guy for representation i think the way it's been done for a long time 
like at probably forever is like, hey, the, 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 the match director, you know, dudes, those dudes are running everything. So then they just kind of like get together and they kind of pick the dude like, all right, this is going to be like the head match director guy. And they think of that as, you know, it's like the, the more that you put in in terms of ROing and CROing and match directing is like, we're going to pick that guy for the area director role, right? I mean, that's, that's how we do things institutionally. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. And no talking from Joel. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> There's no spice yet, Joel. You can. Oh, you're doing safe. great. It's maybe just coming. Don't worry. But, um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I think like, like, for example, like Sherman was on the board when we had 10,000 members in USPSA and now there's 35,000 across multiple, like more than one discipline. Uh, and it's like the, the system with 10,000 members, it, it, it seems like now that things have expanded, you almost have to look at, it's like, again, the idea that, hey, somebody's been a, a CRO for like 20 years, so like that qualifies her to be an area director. Well, that's a fundamentally different role. Um, now as things have expanded, like you want somebody to be able to like listen to, I mean, really listen to, engage with, <laughs> maybe this way, engage with member feedback in a, in a real way. And like, and I don't mean by that, like respond to every fucking comment on Facebook. That's not what I mean, like by engagement. I mean, like actually look at the criticism or, or critique or feedback, whatever it is, think about it and engage with it um, in, in a productive way. Like, or for them to actually understand how the internet works. Well, I mean, sure. I, I mean, yeah, it'd be, it's, I don't think like, I don't really get offended or upset if somebody's like doesn't know how to do their webcam. Like, like for us for this show, like we don't do any editing or have high quality audio or any shit like that. I don't think it needs to be that way. But I think just reading stuff, kind of take it for what it is, and then okay, like later on, push, like you know, engaging with it in a productive way, maybe putting out a statement. Like, like at the at the level of internet that I do, like I'm not like I kind of browse comments. I don't sit in there and like comment back on all this different bullshit i just get a sense of what the like what's going on and then if if i you know if i think there's something that i like an idea that i want to respond to then i'll respond to it later on kind of in my own way like you don't need to be led around by the nose by people commenting on your shit i think that's silly but yeah being able to engage on that level uh being able to understand rules and how they're written like that's fundamentally different than being a range officer a good range officer uh it's, I mean, that's a physical job. Like you're out in the sun. Um, there, there's like, you have to pay attention very closely as everybody's shooting, that sort of thing. But it, I said like writing rules and reading and understanding that stuff and then voting on rule changes, that is a fundamentally different task. And I think we should like look at that, think about that and engage with that, like those ideas. You know what I mean? Uh, so a good example would be Bruce Six. Now, Bruce Six is a guy, I'll be honest, I have shit on him a fair bit. Uh, recently, uh, but I would say be nice about it. Like, I've, I, Bruce has ROed me on stages more times than I remember, and he's a very nice dude. Like, when you walk up to a stage and you meet Bruce, Bruce Six, like, he's he's pleasant, he's nice to everybody. I haven't seen him making fucked up calls. Like, he's he's a good range officer, truly. Like, I don't, I, I, I like the guy. I don't have a problem with him. But in the area director role, if he gets criticism, I mean, he gets criticism or emails like he doesn't. I mean, it's almost like if he gets a comment or somebody says something that makes him like he's not sure how to respond to it. it he, he gets upset, like it makes him feel dumb and he gets upset or whatever. Like, honestly, 
he's not good with that. He's just not good at like fielding questions or feedback. The people that emailed him over the bylaw stuff were generally very unhappy with what they got back, that sort of thing. And then I end up saying, I'll be honest, like some pretty pointed feedback or maybe some mean things about him. But if he wasn't an area director, none of that shit would be an issue. Like, I don't really care about any of this stuff. It's like the the guy, he's a, he's a fine person fundamentally. It's just, he's not right for that role. And I think people are starting to look at this thing differently instead of it being like, oh, well, we're going to promote you from match director to area director. It's like, that's not really how it works. Like, it's not like the area director tells all the match directors what to do. It doesn't work that way. It's like the area director has a fundamentally different role and responsibility um, than uh, those other people. So anyway, I think that's like for me, that's going to be the primary conversation to be, hey, how do we pick the right guy? And it's like the the old way of doing business of just picking just saying, hey, this guy's been volunteering for a while. So like we're going to make him your guy. You you had uh, your the alternate candidate in the area three election, Joel, was it's a guy from your club who's you know, cut from the same cloth. He's like, as a, I mean, I don't know about him as an area director because he didn't get elected, but I would suspect it would be a Bruce Six situation where you have a guy who on a personal level, like, yeah, nobody has a fucking problem with the guy. He's like, yep, he's a range officer, volunteer, good dude, but just not right for that role. And honestly, that's something I think people should think about. Like if I was friends with Bruce Six, I would be like, dude, don't run. I would be like, you're not right for this role. It'd be like, hey, if Joel's like, hey, I'm going to run for USPSA president. It's like, well, Joel, uh, you get uncomfortable when I talk about anything spicy on the pot. You probably are not right for that role. No, it's, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You see what I mean? It's like, I was like, as your friend, you're probably not right for that job. Because I like for me, I know myself like I would lose my shit in a meeting. My language is horrible. I act unprofessional. I would not be a good elected representative. I wouldn't be a good elected dog catcher. I'm just not right for that role. You have to, you know, you have to be honest about this stuff. And and I, I think that would be helpful. After the election, I think is like, should Hopkins win? He, I mean, it's, he's not a lock, but he's got a pretty good shot. Should he win? I think things are going to get even more interesting. He's got a He's got a pretty good platform. Um, I know a lot of people think that it's my platform. The only thing I told the Matt is like, it would be good if you had, if you went with stuff that is broadly popular and easy to justify things such as, you know, like streaming the meetings, like, yeah, that's going to have broad popular support, you know, so that would be a good thing to do. So like using that as an example, should Matt be elected, he can just put that stuff up and say, Hey, um, hey, board, this is what we want to do is like live streaming the meetings and then they can vote it up or vote it down. It's up to them. And either way, he's in a good position because he's going to like he puts out the platform. He's like, hey, I'm going to try to implement these things. Then he puts it and then he can put it to a vote and either it gets voted up or voted down. But he tried to implement it. And then it's like it's up to the rest of the board if they want to do it or not. And I think Matt can go back to the his voters with his head held high no matter which way it goes, because, uh, you know. He's just going to try to implement this stuff, try to build support for it. And if it doesn't pass, like, that's fine, because, like I said, he can be like, yep, it didn't pass because, as you can see in the minutes, these people voted against whatever. Streaming the meetings, uh, these people voted against more financial disclosure. They think you should have less financial disclosure, that sort of shit. Like, that's a very easy position uh, for Matt to be in. So uh, that's that's what I see coming. And 
<laughs> like I said, I'm sure it's going to be entertaining. I can't, I can't. I'm sure there'll be lots of conversation. Yes. <laughs> There's always conversation. It's always helpful. I don't any uh, comments. Ken, maybe you have something. You, yeah. you want to see the other guys' platforms for the. Yes, for sure. Uh, I think, I mean, uh, as we are recording this, Matt already posted his agendas. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see to uh, to see other um, candidates' agenda as well, uh, because I mean, yes, Matt Hopkins is my friend, but I don't want to like opt out on him and like not even uh, care about other candidates, because mm-hmm. this is really uh, important to think critically and rationally, and that's exactly why I want to hear from other uh, candidates, like really talking about their agenda. And not just their, their agenda, actually who they are and what their process, thought process is. And I watched uh, the episode of Ben and Matt talking about his uh, agenda stuff, that, that episode, uh, that which came out uh, early February, beginning of February. Yes. It wasn't much episode. of an episode. It was just like, hey, Matt, read this stuff. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But over there, like I really hear like how he's inclusive to multi-gunners, uh, rifle shooters, things like that. And also uh, one of the very interesting thing I heard from him is about like uh, unifying uh, nationals to have like one true handgun nationals, kind of like that. But he wasn't like, hey, this is the only way USPSA can survive. He wasn't like that. He was like, I would love to hear pe- from people, things like that. So like through talking to him and knowing him personally, but also just through that episode of him to talk about his agenda and thought process, I can see his critical thinking, rational thinking, uh, and also being inclusive. So he's not stubborn. Uh, he's actually listening to people and he wants to listen to people. That was one big critical thing. And he wants to do like have certain communication system to the members. And I want to know if other like candidates uh, have this characteristics in them because as a leadership position, it's not only important to have someone with critical thinking, rational thinking, and also have agendas, but also wants to establish communication with the members. Uh, and I think that's really winning winning secret for great leaderships or well, great I'll leaders. T- like, I'll tell you what I told Matt. Like, mm-hmm. I, um, uh, I gave him three things to do. I was like, if you do these three things, you're not going to be wrong. And it was represent the members. So he made his platform members first. So it's like, if you actually listen to people and like represent like what the members want, like, you know, as a whole, you're yeah. never going to be wrong. Like, mm-hmm. again, the example, like, like putting, putting the, the video up at the meetings, like, yeah. is that po- is that broadly popular with the members? Like, yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. like they'll be like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Is that going to be popular with the establishment people? No. But is that popular with the members? Yeah. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's fine. So it's like if you're on the side of the members for for your issues, you're never going to be wrong. If you tell the truth, even if it's uncomfortable for people, as I told that it's just like, hey, if you don't know the answer to something or if you know, somebody says something that's better, just tell the truth. Or if like if you think something's wrong, just, if you tell the truth, like. The members are going to support you. And if you show backbone, you show a little bit of courage because a lot of this shit is so uncomfortable for people. You know, mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable. Like the shit that I say on the show on the regular at this point is so incendiary. It's so against the rules as far as the USPSA culture. 
Um, most match directors it's like they want you like show up, shoot the match, leave, and it's like tell them what a great match it is. They don't fucking want to hear it if the if 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 uh, something's wrong. Now, <laughs> you know me like if I go to a club match and it's fucked, like I just don't go back. I don't come on here and like complain about it and try to like burn down the club. It's just like. Okay, like I'm not going to go back to that club. But as far as I'm concerned, if it's an area match or a nationals match, and there's some like, and there's an issue with it, you are weapons free, like online. Like say, mm -hmm. like if just talk about it, because that is like in the long run, that behavior is beneficial, even if it makes people uncomfortable or makes you unpopular. Yes. Yes, that that sounds like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> is that what he did? Yeah. <laughs> Let the club match shit slide. Oh, shit. Well, I hope I don't end up like Abraham Lincoln. All shot in the head in a theater and stuff. That would be not would awesome. Not, that would not be good. <laughs> that would be not <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, expect uh, expect it to be a lot of fun. Uh, the meme should be good once it gets rolling. That's all I have. I mean, yeah, it should be excellent. But, but we're going to learn a lot. And and what, <laughs> what I think... You know, most of the listeners should do is just like open your mind, like really pay attention to what's going on. Like you said, Kim, like watch what the other candidates are saying, too. I think you're going to see a few candidates that want the job just because they want the job mm -hmm. and they don't really they're not really running on anything. There's a couple candidates that I've been seeing online and it's like with the like the last six months of drama with the bylaw changes and all this stuff like they have nothing to say about it. One of them was just like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to run a positive campaign. And it's just like, dude. If you have nothing to say about the last six months because you're trying to be positive, you're fucking dial tone as far as I'm concerned. Like, mm -hmm. you should have an opinion about this. Like, the members certainly have opinions. Like, if you don't have an opinion, like, whatever. So you'll see some stuff like that. And then, of course, you'll see some uh, some silly opinions, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. All right. Well, that's enough about that. All right. Let's move on. Uh, Joel, you have something fun to talk about, I'm sure. Uh, I do. I have, well, I have a show and tell, but it doesn't really matter. I would say the dot's off, but the dot's covered, so it's kind of point shooting anyway. Um, I want to talk about dry fire grip, what that actually means, and uh, how that's a thing that's likely to happen this time of year. So, um, well, Ben, Kim, you guys have taught classes before. Uh, right now, it's very cold where I'm at. I don't, same thing for Ben, like, I don't want to go outside and train, so I'm doing a lot of dry fire training. And, I mean, as you know, in dry fire training, you don't have to hold on to the gun perfectly, uh, you know, to to have good repetitions and whip the gun out of the holster fast and load the gun and, you know, press the trigger quickly and all this stuff. But then when you uh, when you go out to the range to shoot live ammo, all of a sudden you fire that first round, it's like crack. It's like, oh, crap. And you're like, then you like decide to like hang on to the gun better and you bite down on it. And then you notice, you know, the 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 gun recoils more than you thought it was. And you kind of trained yourself to not hold on to the gun as hard as you should be if it has live ammo in it. Does this sound like a thing you guys have possibly seen before? That's common, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a thing that happens. It is a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that is uh, that's dry fire grip, kind of how you spot it. Uh, I think it's a good time, especially dry fire where, I mean, I've shot a little bit, but there's not a lot, I'm not doing a lot of shooting this year. So being very critical of my grip, making sure I'm holding on to the gun hard with my support hand. And I even go to the indoor range and just just shoot, you know, maybe not a ton of ammo, but just go like I went with my girlfriend just shot whatever it was like a week ago. Just just shoot a little bit. Remember how the gun recoils, whatever. Uh, but anyway, I think that's a good idea because you kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to hang on to it and kind of 
kind of, even if you're not shooting a lot of ammo, just doing a little bit of marksmanship fundamentals and just verifying you're gripping the gun properly. So anyway, I think that goes uh, quite a ways towards preventing that issue from happening. And then kind of just like this time of year when I'm not shooting a lot of ammo, constantly telling myself, hey, are you gripping this gun hard enough with your support hand if you're firing live ammo? Would you be ready to shred or you, would you be, you know, biting down on the gun a lot harder after you fire the first round? So it's an easy an easy trap to fall into this time of year, though, where normally with the weather, like people aren't doing a lot of training. Yeah, that's actually one of the main reasons I do a lot of low or high ready at the uh, winter time. Because when I do low ready or high ready, first of all, I'm not like drawing off the real uh, holster right away. I actually establish the exact perfect grip I want to shoot with and then uh, shoot after that. So like by eliminating the draw process, I can start with a grip, exact grip pressure, grip placement I want to shoot with to basically like not overdo the bad reps. Because when I do draw, first of all, yeah, I may grip it wrong pressure, wrong position. So that <laughs> I'm wasting a lot of ammo. So I think a lot of the winter time, uh, I recommend people to just do high ready, low ready, whatever, but just focus on proper grip, proper trigger control. So you're saying if it's, if it's cold enough that you don't, you have to wear a jacket and it kind of fucks with drawing? That, yes, that too. The other winter tip I can give is don't pay too much attention to the time. So for example, if you're shooting like four aces, you're probably not going to lay down a personal record during the winter time <laughs> for a lot of reasons. So don't worry about that shit. Like train something else. <laughs> oh, for sure. But anyway, it's just it's easy to fall into that that trap when you're not shooting live ammo regularly uh, during the winter. Yeah. I have. What? No. Oh, sorry. Oh, are, are are you done? I was going to say that's possibly a thing that's happened to me before in years past that I've hopefully learned yeah. from. So sorry, probably for everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have a topic that could be educational. So uh, one thing interesting I saw uh, over the last year, especially even even the pandemic, uh, I've seen some Asian shooters uh, actually come visit to the U.S. and then shoot local matches. I know a couple airsoft shooters who personally visited here and shot USPS at local match and like do uh, trainings and stuff over here. And then I get questions from like international visitors and also like uh, just regular Americans asking me, hey, I have this local guy who's a uh, school at like uh, Texas A&M and he wants to get a gun and shoot USPSA. And I don't know, like, how can how can they buy guns? You know, they're not citizens or no green card holder. I personally was a international student when I first came to the US and I got a green card. And now I'm a citizen. So I, I was in a different status. So I wanted to share. This can be definitely helpful if any international shooters or uh, fresh immigrants wants to shoot USPSA and they never bought a gun. Then you can definitely like help them to go to the right direction. Uh, so basically, anybody who's here with a visa will be considered as non-immigrant. So for non-immigrant and immigrant, which is a green card holder, permanent resident, it's a little bit different. Permanent resident, green card holders, fairly easy. It's very, very similar to regular U.S. citizens where green card holder just got to go to the FFL and then uh, present their green card and driver's license. Pretty much the paperwork stays the same. Um, for non-immigrant uh, visa, there's now 
federal law and also state law they have to follow. Uh, state law, of course, it really depends on where what state they are in. But in terms of federal law for non-immigrant visa holders, they got to either have a hunting license or a membership to a shooting competition. So USPSA membership definitely uh, is a good exemption to uh, purchase a fire firearm, do the FFL paperwork, uh, or definitely it could be a hunting license. So when I first bought my uh, firearm, I wasn't shooting any competition, so I had to go to the hunting license route, uh, which in Washington State you have to like actually physically go to the uh, hunting's ad. Uh, but nowadays they can uh, they offer online courses, so you could just pay a couple bucks, to watch a couple of videos, and <laughs> do the testing. Like hey. You're not supposed to, you know, uh, have muzzle onto the person or something you don't want to destroy. Finger outside the trigger guard, kind of fairly easy stuff uh, to get the hunting license. So once you get that hunting license or USPSA membership, now they have exemption to federal law, and you have to, of course, do research on the state law. Personally, in Washington State, I had to get a alien firearms license, which was also fairly easy. Uh, they require me to have either hunting license and uh, USPSA membership or something like that. So I, I had a hunting license. I go to the sheriff's office and then give them my hunting license, my passport and the visa, of course. And then they just fingerprint a similar process to concealed carry license in Washington state. So just paperwork and fingerprint. Then you get that early on firearms license. And when you go to the FFL, you bring both uh, your visa and um, hunting license, I mean, alien firearms license and hunting license, yes. And then you do the paperwork. Uh, typically, you will uh, you will get delayed for non-immigrant visa holders. Uh, typically, I, I have had maybe like a day delay when the, nobody was buying guns. And uh, it was 2014 when I tried to buy a gun when uh, things were really bad at that time. 2014 was not a good year. Uh, I had like f for 10 or 15 days delay. So eventually you get it, but you get delayed longer than uh, citizens or permanent uh, residents. So this, that was my experience. Uh, but of course, like I said, you really need to study on the state law. So typically if you're helping non-immigrants, uh, you might want to direct to someone who's more knowledgeable. Uh, maybe legal advisor is good. Of course, the information I said, it, it holds, what, 2020, something like that. So um, by the time you watch this, the law might have changed, but definitely it's possible. It's not that difficult if you just do the research. It's not that uh, much paperwork than uh, people might think. So it's pretty, in, in a way, it's easy to get a firearm. Uh, through FFL, even with you are not here as a green card holder. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Kim, let's just say I'm glad we're, we're glad you made it. Thank you. Just, just said us in chat. <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> did you? Did you? Does it matter that you got married? Like you married your way into it, or how did it work? I don't know. So for citizenship. Yeah, uh, if you have a green card for five years, you can mm -hmm. get a citizenship. That's eligibility. But you being married was irrelevant. Being married was relevant for green card. Ah, okay. Yes. 
Okay. I got married 2015, so I was waiting a little bit to the study and learn about America, and then yeah, yeah then became so, one. No. Oh. Glad to have you, my American Korean brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. The question I got, uh, well, I'll just tell you, is essentially like, why are you guys talking about the USPSA politics stuff, stuff so much? Why? And I'll answer first because, you know, that'll upset Joel the most, I think. Um, for for me, it's, well, number one, it's fun. Uh, I find it, I find it interesting and engaging. I, you know, this is, you know, it, it fits my field of study. Let me put it that way. Uh, but uh, the, the reason for me like, to get involved is this, I'm a very polarizing figure in USPSA. Of course, a lot of people hate me. Some people like me. Um, but that gives me, this is going to sound weird, but it gives, it, gets very, it gives you a lot of power when you're you know, polarizing. Like having people hate you, yeah, it puts you in a position to kind of, <laughs> this will sound weird, but you're, you kind of control their actions. Well, I mean, really, their hate controls them, but you can kind of weaponize that hate. <laughs> so uh, it acts as, Joel, we've talked about this. It acts like a big signal booster. Mm-hmm. So it's like I can put out an idea or a concept, and it's like the people that hate me, they cannot help themselves. They can't help themselves. They can't. It at le- it's at least doubles my reach. So it's like... So like it's like the more fire I draw, it's it's I like I've been doing it enough, like for a long enough time that I understand it in no way hurts me to have people hate me. It doesn't fucking matter. Like life is fine. No one really cares. It's not like I had people like trying to blow up my house or anything. It's just like, well, you know, <laughs> some people are are nasty about you. Like it doesn't really make any difference. And once you understand that, it's like you can weaponize that hate and use it as a signal booster. So I have a fairly unique advantage inside the organization that it, it signal boosts the things I say. So I've decided to use that power for something positive, which is uh, which has been uh, which has been entertaining. But Kim, you've been active on this too. Yes. Uh, so basically, I mean, we live in a democracy. Uh, I don't know about outside the US, but in democracy, uh, it's ran by people's participation. And once people's participation is gone, and also people's power is gone, the society, democracy, is dead. Which also means the organization, government, is dead. And again, um, like why, when I saw uh, the new bylaws saying, hey, the new president has to be U.S. citizen, things like that, such things actually is representing, hey, this is American organization, based on American values, which is one of them is democracy. So if people are not caring about- I didn't realize that was in the bylaws. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta be US citizen to be the press, things like that. And also voting too. If you are voting for USPSA election, you have to be either US citizen or the permanent resident. So just by the fact the democracy system, the members has to participate, otherwise, the system is dead. The society is dead. Yeah. And also, when the people, the member, loses power, and voting power it could be, or the voice heard to the re- leadership positions, uh, if that dies, the organization dies. The system dies. 
A lot of people, uh, Kim, have been very upset about the bylaw changes. But s since Matt's not on here, I'll, I can. Yeah. <laughs> he, would, he would be upset with me saying this in public. But um, I'm building a bonfire, mm -hmm. and I need fuel. The bylaws <laughs> changes are <laughs> excellent fuel. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's not all bad. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you agree? I love that. Joel, I'm sure you have lots to add. Uh, I'll add minimal. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's having the podcast is good because researching the everything on their own or for a member to, you know, like scour the Internet, try to find it all can be a little bit tough. So you do definitely signal boost places people can go if, you know, if they want to check your sources or validate the information. Well, it was nice having Phil on where he like. I was I was amazed when he was saying in public he likes what we're doing. I was like, holy shit, Phil. Like, that's amazing because it's getting people involved. Like well, I was I was very complimented by that. I appreciate yeah. that. So no, and I don't engage that much because I mean, honestly, there's no need. You've already got it well covered. And I mean, oh real real talk. Like if you look at like when they make a post on the USPSA page and they're getting <laughs> so much hate mail and they're like literally it looks like they're deleting comments as fast as people are posting, and you look like <laughs> 30 minutes later and the posts are back and they're gone. I mean, I don't need to say anything. I'm already a marked for death just by being friends with you guys anyway. But I don't have, I mean, people can already tell what's going on. So I, well, I don't have yes. the need to add to it. I will it's, say this, a lot, a lot of what I say on the podcast, it's like, it's not so much saying, it's, it's not so much like saying just what's true, but it's a lot of it's just like putting it out in the open. So one thing that people talked about a lot was the war declaration I did with Matt. I should tell you, on an interpersonal level between me and the board, Matt and the board, all these people, it didn't change fucking anything. That shit was already out. I mean, it was like it was full. It was been full bore fucking war anyway. Like it was already a war. The war declaration was funny because it got other members involved. They got galvanized. It weaponized that hate. Like we got that, you know, got that hate train going. And then, you know, I understand a lot of people <laughs> look at them like, hey, that's unprofessional, antagonistic, and all that. I understand that, but the antagonism for me is useful because we antagonize response from the establishment. So the war declaration got us the Bruce one memo and the bylaws changes, which is useful because it's like, if I'm saying, hey, this is a group of people, it's a, you know, midwit cabal or BOC mafia, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like this group of people is reacting to stop unapproved, an unapproved person or unapproved people from getting power. And then I say these things and then you see the, like that group reacting to it. It, it is, you people like sit back and look like, oh, well that's actually what's happening. That's actually true. Like the antagonism is, is important. And that's hard for people to see because it's like, they want a lot of people just personality wise, they want to see harmony. And uh, you don't really accomplish a whole lot in life without pissing off people occasionally. Anything else to say about that? Damn. Guys, no. it's a yeah, real People cracker. participate. Participate. What? People, members, USPSA members, participate in politics, participate in voting. And we for sure need a leadership that listens to the people. Because again, our system that was successful so far in uh, 220 something years, the American society and USPSA society is based on people's participation and also the leadership that listens. Of course, there are times that leadership didn't listen, but eventually we always need to vote. And 
get the right person on the leaderboard. Yeah. Like uh, if I could piggyback on that, I'll actually talk for a second. Well, it, this has also been good about getting people active. I know about looking at their area director or voting. I mean, like real talk, Sherwin was my area director for apparently like 13 or 14 years. Yeah. I don't, apparently they didn't have an election. I probably would have been a USPSA member when he got elected or, you know, when he got the position from Manny, whatever, no idea, didn't, no appreciation for how that process worked. No idea how long he was the area director. I didn't even realize they never had an election. So I think this has been good about making people like pay attention, look at the candidates and, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in this stuff, even if you're not going to go crazy or post memes on social media, at least pay attention to who's in office, who's running, what they're standing for, if you like them or a lot, you know, and well, then, like actually actually participate and vote is a good thing. One thing I think people don't like people don't understand is like 95 percent of the people online are not commenting on anything. They just kind of read and mm -hmm. like, you know, they, they read and they watch and. Um, uh they, people, people don't just, I mean, a, a lot of places, especially on Facebook or a lot of personalities on social media, they try to like dominate the conversation. And, uh, well, let's say if you have a, it's really easy to have like a, a hug box or like a, a safe space on your Facebook page and like, just talk amongst your friends. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you have a perception of like what other people think online, <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. it's not usually accurate. Like in, in large groups, people tend to be pretty good at, at sussing out what's true and making good decisions. Like shit, you look at the last two USPSA presidential elections, like in fairness, being honest, fully, fully put out the best campaign in the first election. Yeah, mm -hmm. he won. He deserved it. And the second time he was elected, he faced one opponent who essentially did not run a campaign. He came on our show. We, well, I interviewed him like he did not like I'd learned my lesson from fully like this. I'm like, this guy did not impress me. He did not earn my vote. So I'm not going to endorse him. I'm not going to tell him to vote for him. And, you know, rightly so frankly he lost against foley rightly so like the you know what i mean like foley was already in office and far from perfect but the guy who ran against him didn't offer anything so who's gonna fucking vote for that well i mean 35 percent of the members did to put up a protest vote but frankly like that guy didn't do it he didn't deserve to win like when you look at it like that like the members tend to make pretty good decisions in large in large groups and as as far like the only, the only issue as far as like what I'm trying to do, which is uh, my objective is like very, very little bit from Hopkins. Like, <laughs> I, I just want to build up the the base of members who are active and, and looking at these things a little bit differently. And what I need is time. So like the, the longer that things play out, the better as far as I'm concerned. You know, like I said, building a bonfire, you need, you need fuel and you need time and eventually. You'll get a, you'll get a fire. Anyway, anything else to say, guys? Yeah. I I found something funny. Uh, people say, "Oh, I listen to people," or "Oh, I listen to what the internet says." Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people actually confuse hearing from listening. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> yeah, the USPSA members really, uh, I would highly recommend people actually trying to actively listen and establish the communication with a member rather than, oh, I'm just going to sit here and then let you talk. 
I'm going to read it, maybe. Maybe I'll hear it. That there's actually a big difference between actively trying to establish communication and actively listen. So, uh, yeah. uh, you are not wrong about that. Active listening is good. So when you're actively listening, you're constantly evolving your own thoughts, your own position. Mm-hmm. When when people get to the point where they think they know everything, or I mean, what's way more common, I mean, especially in USPSA circles, it's very clicky. People just go based on personality. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't like this guy, so fuck this guy that's associated with him. Or, um, you know, they'll be like, hey, I don't like, you know, this dude over here. So, you know, whatever. I mean, they're very personality driven. And I think uh, they don't think too much about um, how things look after that. So here's a good example. Like you might notice that Pat Nash announced his candidacy and mm. oh boy, did he get shit on. <laughs> he gets shit on <laughs> a lot. Yeah. But it's it's like the people shitting on him is like, it's like, hold on guys. If you really think about it, like if Matt Nash were in office, you could still shit on him and he's still going to listen to you, I think. Cause he's like mm-hmm. really paying attention to what you're saying. So it's like, yeah. even Matt Nash, like, I understand you hate the guy, but even him being in office, it doesn't seem like it'd be bad for you because you could still sit there and hate on him and clown on the guy. And he's still going to listen to you and kind of and like take on board what you're saying. Like, I'm not even sure it'd be bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people don't, like, they just think like, oh, I hate this person, so fuck them. Which yeah. along, along those lines, listeners, if you have a question you want the answer oh, to, shit. I'm go sorry, to my website. Joel. It's bensteger.com. Send me your question. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I love Matt Nash, by the way. And this you is like a great listener. Canceled because I can't I don't really know the dude, stop but, the recording. Um, yeah, whatever.